Welcome to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, how were your travels this weekend? They were good. Went and saw some family in Ohio, but Cole, I'm ready for the podcast, man. I miss it. It's been a week. We're recording this Wednesday, October 4th. Crazy to think we are in the month of October, but I don't think there's a better football month than October because that's when you got conference play kicking off and it just starts feeling like fall. Now, you're in Arizona. I'm obviously in Michigan. This week, it is hot as can be in Michigan. It's 85, 86, and, but this weekend, 50 degrees is the high on Saturday. So we are in uh, some good football weather, and I'm excited to be back, Cole. It was a, it was a good, refreshing weekend. I know you had some uh, people visit you, so hopefully you had a good weekend, but it's good to be back on the pod talking football. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, I was up at, I saw a lot on Saturday. I was up at the Grand Canyon, Antelope Canyon, Horseshoe Bend, and up there, uh, it's more high, it's higher elevated, and I got that cooler weather, and I really, like, I was crying tears of joy because it just felt like true fall weather. A little sad because I, I didn't get to watch as much of the football as I wanted to, but I still got to consume a little, but that, that little crisp weather I felt up there just literally made me feel so good, so happy. Feels like fall, feels like football. We are in October. Halloween, pumpkins, and college football, literally nothing better. Nothing better. And we do want to let everybody know that we are getting close to college basketball season. And this is a college basketball podcast as well. Now, right now is the dominant college football season. And towards the end of October, for those of you that don't know, college basketball starts the first week of November with a really, really good college basketball right off the bat. Like second week, Michigan State plays Duke. There's a lot of really good basketball games. Cole and I are going to do a little like season preview, we think, towards the end of this month. And then we'll be kind of sprinkling in college basketball here and there in November and December, kind of talking about big games, maybe big upsets, that type of stuff. But then when January rolls around, we will be full go college basketball. And I know college basketball a lot. I would say Cole's probably strength is college football, but then he's really, really, really good at college basketball. I think I'm the opposite. I am a huge college basketball guy, and so we just wanted everyone to be sure because Cole obviously starts the podcast with saying you're home for college football and college basketball, but uh, it's been two months and we have not taught college basketball, but that's because college football is dominating right now, and that's what we're going to keep doing. So it'll be fun, Cole, to get a little. Uh, you and I both are both played basketball, so we didn't, we didn't play football. We weren't weren't tough enough to do that. We were we were a bunch of foot fairies apparently. So excited though, Cole, and it'll be fun because we know we know what we're talking about. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to really dive in into basketball. Uh, when when I was thinking about starting the podcast, the moment that I really thought about it and it came to me was during late February last year when all the bracket talk was happening. I was looking for any. Um, college basketball content I could find. And that was when it came to me to start the podcast. So I love college basketball and I cannot wait uh, for that to start as well. And for us to start diving into that because yeah, it's, it's college football is great, but don't sleep on college basketball. It's a very special thing. And there's really, there's really nothing better, especially when, when March comes around. So I'm excited to start diving into that as well. Totally agree. March madness is the best sporting event there is, but we got college football and Maybe this 12-team playoff that's happening next year will uh, will kind of start rivaling March Madness. I don't know if it will, but I'm definitely going to be excited. But Cole and I really quickly wanted to kind of talk Week 5. Obviously, we did not have our Week 5 recap episode. Uh, there was no really, I would say, crazy upsets that like the top teams all survived, won the games that uh, they needed to. The, Utah was the biggest team, I would say, by uh, where they were ranked to lose. But that was on the road at Oregon State. That was always going to be a really hard game. But Cole, Georgia, congrats. Plus 14 and a half, you had Auburn. And that was a really good pick because Auburn made that game really hard on Georgia. And they pulled it out late with just Brock Bowers dominating the game like he should do if he's one of the best players in college football. But tough road environment to go into for Georgia. And they looked like a team that had not really been tested. So kudos to you for uh, the call on that. Thank you. Yeah, it's Brock Bowers is 
football. Like when you just picture an amazing, just classic football player, it's Brock Bowers. He he really took over that game and saved Georgia. I will. Uh, it's t- always tough to play at Auburn, especially when you're Georgia and you have the target on your back. But they we're noticing we're noticing a trend here with Georgia. They're starting every game sloppy, slow. Um, it's always close after the first second quarter. But as they get to these better teams, these games are going a little later. They're closer a little bit longer. Eventually, Georgia's going to have to start a little hotter because they will start playing a little bit better teams. They're favored by 14.5 this weekend against Kentucky, but they're going to have to start faster because they cannot, they're not going to be able to do this against better teams. The fact Auburn is not that good. They've looked horrible. Their offense has been not, has been really bad this year. And the fact that they let Peyton Thorne just run all over them and an outcast of Michigan State. That, I mean, Georgia does not look like the back-to-back consensus number one team at all. Agreed. And they they have a lot of growing pains that I don't think they – Kirby Smart coming into the year was not shy on saying that this team was not where they needed to be. And after five weeks, I would say that that is still the case. They just don't have that dominant running back that they've had previous years. Uh, obviously, last year they didn't really have a quote – dominant running back but you go back the last 10 years and you just think of georgia running backs you have deandre swift you have nick chubb you have todd Gurley. like the list goes on and on and they just don't have that guy and luckily they have brock bowers because i don't think they have a guy that can make those plays on offense outside of brock bowers so it was definitely a kind of eye-opening game for me and this game's this week if it was at kentucky i would probably pick an upset on that one because of how good Kentucky looked against Florida, which was one Cole was also right on. Washington, they were a team that I had uh, pretty high. We're going to get in a few minutes into our top 10. Um, I may have had them slide down just a few spots after a close. They, I know they kind of, it was a seven-point game. They had a chance to extend the lead, fumbled, and the ending scoreline might not have looked it. I'm more of saying I think they looked a little shaky against Arizona because they only put up 27 points and won a one-score game. So, Cole, Washington, what are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I, I had boots on the ground there. My roommate, big Washington fan, uh, drove down to Tucson. What, from his words, Arizona has a stadium that holds about 50,000 people, and they care a lot down there. They have a good home environment. They are a hostile environment. So, uh, it's always tough to win on the road in college football. You guys know how high I am on Arizona. I think they're a lot better than people think. But Washington was up by 14 points, about to score again on the goal line. They fumbled. Uh, Arizona drives down, and it turns potentially what could have been a 21-point win to a 7-point win. But still, kudos to Arizona. I do think Arizona's a good team. Washington has a history of dropping games to Arizona when they shouldn't, so I don't read into this one too much just because of the this, this situation and how it all worked out on the road against a team that I'm higher on than the general public. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too worried about Washington here. I'm, the Georgia game scared me a lot more than a Washington game did. A game that I am just disappointed in. We both picked it on the podcast. I had a lot of faith in you, Cole, telling me that LSU was the, the favorite to win the SEC West. And that team is horrible defensively. They have a good offense. I'm not, I can't. Jay Daniels, honestly, was amazing. Like, statistically was great over 400 yards of total offense but they gave up 55 points to Ole Miss and on when they punted with I think it was like two minutes left I knew there was no chance they were stopping Ole Miss and it was just not something you would expect from a Brian Kelly team but oh that was tough Cole that's that's a bad look for LSU and that SEC West is wide open I still think my team I said at the beginning of the year is the favorite to win it but I mean it's a mess in the SEC West. Yeah, I mean, if, if you like defense, that was not the game to watch. That was just an incredibly high-scoring, fun game. You're right. The LSU's offense looked great. Their defense is what is holding this team back. Uh, I'm off on LSU. I picked them in the playoff. I picked them to win the SEC. Um, hand up. I was wrong. I'm off them. I know uh, the SC West is still kind of up in the air right now. And while I wouldn't be super surprised if LSU did somehow find a way to win the West, I don't think it's going to happen. I am admitting that I was wrong in my preseason prediction of them. I still am pronouncing Alabama as dead. And I said on the podcast last week, if LSU loses this game, 
I have a new favorite in the SEC West. And I can't believe I'm doing this because this is just a flip-flop of where I was at preseason. I hated Texas A&M. I loved LSU. Give me Texas A&M. I think they're going to win the West. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about them more as about their game this weekend coming up. But this is a big one. And I LSU is dead to me. Yeah, if, they, if Texas A&M beats Alabama, they would definitely probably be the team in the driver's seat. Now, you look at it, they haven't played Ole Miss and – Alabama played Ole Miss, so you get Ole Miss could do it. You, like you never know. It's just it's crazy. And the last game I want to talk about though from Week Five, Notre Dame Duke. So this game was thirteen nothing in the third quarter. Okay, and I know you're a big Duke guy. Duke should have won this game. Uh, they really should have. Sam Hartman had a fourth and sixteen with their their last drive that they ended up taking the lead on fourth and sixteen. And they were bringing so much pressure, and Sam Hartman got out of it and just ran. And he lowered his shoulder, boom, first down, and then Audric estimate next play scores a touchdown, and they go up, they go up five, and then went for two, got the two point conversion, and then Duke just couldn't do it. Unfortunate news for Duke: Ryan Leonard has a sprained ankle. I don't know his status for this week. Um, I actually think they might have a bye this week, but it's tough for Duke to lose a guy like that because they were there, they had the game. Notre Dame has a they, they're in a gauntlet right now like we're gonna get to it in later in this episode they go to Louisville who I am pretty high on and that's not an easy game either but a big game they had to have this one because you just don't want to lose back-to-back games especially after how heartbreaking the Ohio State loss was Cole yeah that game winning drive is why Notre Dame brought in Sam Hartman Tyler Buckner is not doing that for them last year. That is why they brought him in to keep him up, to keep this team alive, to keep their season alive. Sam Hartman just really laid it all out there and w- went out and just led his team down that field. Obviously, Audrey Gastame is the one who finished it off, but that is why they got Sam Hartman. Another game I was right on, the, the under here in points. Both these defenses, I think, are really good, and I know they're really good. And, and yeah, I don't think Duke is dead by any means. I, I honestly feel even more confident about them going forward in the ACC. I think that they are going to have a, a good shot at making the ACC championship. That's still This is not an ACC loss, um, so they're still right in the mix for that. And I think if they can get Riley Leonard back um, sooner rather than later, then... They, they, I still think they have a really good shot at making it to the ACC championship. Really devastating for the way that game ended. Just Duke was already going to be sad enough for losing that game, and, and then you get your star quarterback hurt. But I'm, I'm still pretty high on Duke. I think they have the defense that will be able to beat a lot of these ACC teams um, and at least keep them in every game, whether Riley Leonard's uh, playing or not. Um, but, yeah, once again, Duke really stood up to a tough test and gained a lot of respect even though they didn't come away with the win. Yep, agreed, and... It wasn't an ACC loss, so they are still undefeated in the ACC, and hey, that's important. Want to know. All right, top 10 time, Cole. I'm going to go through my top 10 list and then really quickly say what I – or I'll do it while I'm announcing it, how I change teams because I do want people to know. So I'm going to start at number 10. Last week, that was Utah. This week, I moved Alabama to top 10. I – uh that's just based on performances, uh, impressive road win. I'm going to move them to 10. I had last week, I had Oregon at eight or at nine and USC at eight. I'm flip-flopping them due to the shakiness of USC's defense. I'm just going to flip those two teams right now. Oregon, probably the best win out of those teams and decent non-conference against Texas Tech. So I'm going to give them the nod there. Penn State staying where they were at seven. This is where it switches a little bit. Michigan I had at six, and I had Washington actually at three. I, I moved Washington down to six just because, I don't know, just moved him down to six, Cole. That's going to be my reasoning. I moved Michigan up five. Finally impressed watching a Michigan football game. They dominated Nebraska. I was wrong with the pick. They just they looked how Michigan should look, and so I'm going to move Michigan up. Texas was four last week, or five last week, actually. I'm moving them up to four. Florida State moved them up one spot to three. And then I have Ohio State two and Georgia one. Just keeping Georgia there because just keeping them there. So that's my top ten, Cole. Yeah, I I mean, Georgia is can be wherever you want them. 
you know, uh, I, I'm not going to say I fully agree because um, I'm just going to start my top 10 off. Georgia is just still staying there at 10 um, out of respect for the talent I think they have and everything, but they haven't done anything on the field quite yet to, um, I think, deserve anything higher. My number nine team, I moved up uh, Washington State to nine. I know they had a bye this week, but I really, you know, I'm thinking about their wins, their Wisconsin win, um, and their Oregon State win, especially after the way Oregon State looked this weekend against Utah. I think Washington State, they got a Heisman candidate, so Washington State is at nine for me. That was Michigan last week. Um, I moved USC down to number eight. Uh, Just that defense is a little spotty, and I think all the teams in front of them would really expose their defense. And I do think their offense, if they play the right defense, can sell out. Number seven, I have Washington. Number six, I have Michigan. Michigan completely dominant last week. Every phase of the game just completely dominated. And yeah, they they looked like the team that they're supposed to look like. And their defense has given up, I think, seven points, six points, three points, seven points. Um, so they are averaging less than seven points giving up a game, which is, I know you're not playing good competition, but you're doing what you should against good competition. So, um, and that's where Michigan finally proved to them, proved to me what they, what I thought they were preseason Penn state. Number five, I dropped them. They looked a little shaky against Northwestern. Uh, I still think they're a really good team. Uh, they have a really good resume that West Virginia win they had earlier in the year is starting to look a lot better as they continue. I think they're. Um, four and one right now, so they're looking really good. Number four, I have Oregon. Uh, bumped them up just because uh, the the win against Colorado to me is looking a little better, and just they just they're calm, they're cool, they're collected, they're steady. I'm just gonna I, I'm higher on Oregon every week. Number three, Ohio State. Uh, number two is where I kind of flip flopped. I have Florida State two, Texas one. I think the way Texas keeps dominating teams and the way Alabama is looking. Uh, that win is looking more impressive to me, and Texas beat a good Kansas team this weekend. So Texas number one. I like it. So nothing that really stood out to me on yours because you're you're keeping consistent with how you did it, and that's what I I think I did that pretty much too. Keeping I just kept Georgia at one because kind of keeping the uh, just giving them the benefit of the doubt. So you have any thoughts on mine before we get into games? I'm good with yours. I like it. No, I, I think I think we're at a, yeah we're at a good spot here and. Uh... Uh, definitely, there were there were some places I was wrong on last week. I think Utah, uh, I was definitely wrong on USC. I had a little too high, and you know, wash our hands and move forward. and And I think that's that's why we do this weekly. So let's get into the games of the week. And the big one is your number one team in the uh, Cole Morse poll here. And we got Texas Oklahoma, huge rivalry game. This for those of you that do not know, this game is played at the Texas State Fair. It's awesome. It's literally half the fans are split Oklahoma, Texas. You literally watch the game. Half the stadium's red. The other half is orange. It's a huge game. It's a game for Oklahoma because Oklahoma has just quietly gone to 5-0. and You got Dylan Gabriel. I'm looking at his stats right now. 1,600 passing yards, 15 touchdowns on the air. We have elite quarterback play, I would say. I'm not giving Gabriel the edge over – Quinn Ewers because I think Quinn Ewers is a better quarterback but we have great receivers in this game you got Andrew Anthony the former Wolverine and then we got Xavier Worthy who also kind of was a former Wolverine and these two are elite all right elite wide receivers and Cole I mean I'm so excited for this game kicking us off at noon we don't have to wait till prime time 9 a.m for you on the east or west coast 12 p.m for me I'm excited. This is a great game. This game is pure, beautiful college football. Uh, just the way the stadium set up, Texas, Oklahoma, two historic programs. They hate each other. Big rivalry. Um, this year, they're actually both good. We think Oklahoma's good. They haven't played anyone yet, but the way they've looked so far, I think they're looking pretty good. I think they're a good team. The big thing here is Texas has a little bit of a tendency to start slow, So, but they have explosive fourth quarters. Um, so if they can make sure if, if Texas starts hot, Oklahoma, I think has no chance. And I think we're going to learn a lot about Oklahoma because we really don't know. They haven't played any team inside the top 40 yet, top 50. So, um, maybe just one team inside the top 50. So there, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. They look good. Um, Dylan Gabriel's look good. The whole team, Andrew Anthony's looked great, but what are, what will they look like against the actual true 
top five team, my number one team. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just because I don't know about Oklahoma, I'm not going to bet on this game, but I really like I still think Texas is going to win. That's why they're my number one team. I think they're a better team. And the way they're closing out games, which is something Sark has historically had a problem doing, it's now a strength of their team. Um, and I think Texas is just – this is their game to lose, and I think they're going to make a big statement and solidify uh, their them being number one. Yeah, and I think we do have to remember that last year when these two teams played, I, I, I think I have the score right, 49 to nothing was how bad Texas beat Oklahoma. So there's a lot of guys on that Oklahoma team that remember that game. The starting quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, did not play that game. He had a concussion, 49-0. That is uh, that is a lot of points to get put up on. And it's a six-and-a-half-point spread. I think, Cole, we're going to see these two teams in seven or eight weeks play again for a Big 12 championship. I just think these two teams are the best teams. And this is their hardest game remaining in the conference. Not taking anything away from the Big 12, but this is their top games remaining. And I'm just, I, I don't know, Cole. I i think this game is going to be really, really close. And I can see Oklahoma winning this game very, I, I, I think it's very possible. I just, I think that's a really good football team. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Especially if they surprise people and like, okay, Oklahoma's for real. This is a Big 12 championship preview, I think. Um, and this is also why it's so important that Texas won that game at Alabama early because they can lose this game and still have everything in front of them and make the playoff. Uh, what, what I think to look for here is kind of the, what happened with Michigan and Ohio State in the past was Ohio State was just dominating Michigan, winning, just killing them. And then they would do it again. People would think, oh, Michigan got killed last year. They're going to be out for revenge next year. And then Ohio State would kill them again. And it was almost like there was a, a mental dominance that Ohio State had where, where there was just something that Michigan couldn't overcome. They were just mentally dominated. And are we going to see Oklahoma take this as, let's bounce back, let's remember what they did to us last year? Or are they going to be mentally dominated by Texas where there's just something about them where Texas will just for some reason have their number and always beat them? So it can, in these big rivalries, it can go one of two ways. And I think that this, the game after you get destroyed is one that will tell a lot of what it's going to look like for the next um, few years. So this is a big one, and we're going to learn a lot about the future in this game. Totally agree and cannot wait for this game. This is my first Saturday. I do not have anything. I'm not going to any... Uh, football game and I am just really thrilled to be sitting and watching that game from start to finish because I haven't been able to do that for a 12 o'clock kick so super excited for that so another game at 12 LSU goes on the road to play Missouri both of these teams are ranked LSU 23rd Missouri's 21st LSU is a five and a half point favorite at a pretty good Missouri team not that I'm saying Missouri is like elite or anything but just what we watched five days ago I guess LSU play against Ole Miss. What's saying they should be a five and a half point favorite in this game? I don't really know because I don't think they're as good as a lot of the metrics must think they are. Cole. Yeah, I don't. I don't really understand this. They must just think that LSU is just going to score more points than them because they. I know they don't think that they're going to. LSU's defense is going to stop them. So that's that's that's. I mean, Missouri's looked really good all season. They're winning games. And uh, they're, they're running the ball pretty well. Um, Schrader already has 500 rushing yards from Missouri this year. They throw the ball downfield really well, too. I mean, Missouri is a good team. They're a really good team. And, I mean, they beat a good Kansas State game team early. They're at home. I don't know. I, I'm just going to stay away from this game uh, betting-wise because LSU is just – it's hard to bet on really, really good offenses because you never know. If they just can't be stopped, they can't be stopped. But – um, Missouri will explode if they win this game. The hype will officially arrive for them. I think they'll jump to uh, top 15 if they win this game, and LSU will be in utter panic mode throwing this season away. So this is a really big game. Does LSU salvage their season, or does Missouri, or does Missouri come out on top and really prove to everyone that we are big contenders? Credit to Eli Drinkowitz. Like, he has... He's kind of starting to build something there. I think it's this upcoming recruiting cycle. He has one five-star, like, top ten player coming there. And he's in the running for another guy, Trey Wingo, who's really good. Or Ryan Wingo, I think. Trey Wingo's an ESPN guy. I think Ryan Wingo's name's top 15 kid. 
elite receivers in this game, Cole. Another game, we just talked about Andrew Anthony and Xavier Worthy. These two are probably first round or second round picks in Malik Neighbors and Luther Burden because these guys are for real and expect definitely Burden to put up at least 100 yards against that terrible, terrible LSU defense. But yeah, I'm with you, Cole. I'm staying away from this game. I have no clue how this game is going to go because Vegas is giving LSU a decent nod on the road that I just don't understand, but then I could be completely wrong. So I'm going to stay away. Yeah, I'd feel really dumb if I if I picked LSU and it lost, but I'd also feel really dumb if I picked Missouri and it lost. Like I feel like like either way, like I would I, like if I lose, I'll feel stupid because it's so clearly you can see either way either a way it playing out. So yeah, I don't I don't feel like feeling stupid this Saturday. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any picks on this one. Next game I got is a good good battle in the Pac-12. Both teams are coming off a bye. This is one of these teams is your top ten team in Washington State going on the road to play UCLA. UCLA is a three and a half point favorite at home. And like I said, both teams had a week to rest up. Washington State, Cole, what do we should we expect from them going on the road for a game? Because, yes, they have won and had some very good wins at home, but they're going on the road to play a really good UCLA team that just had a tough game against UC, or Utah, only lost by seven, but Utah is hard to play against, especially at Utah. So what do you expect in this game? Can Oregon stop? Cam Ward. Does Cam Ward come back down to earth, or does he uh, further cement himself in the Heisman rate in the Heisman race? Because he has been unreal, unstoppable. Already passed for fourteen hundred yards so far and thirteen touchdowns. He he's been a top five quarterback this year. Could you can even make an argument if someone made an argument for he's been the best quarterback this year? I wouldn't fight him too much on this. I I like Washington State a lot. UCLA doesn't tend to have that much of a home field advantage because they don't show out that much. And I just I like the way that this Washington State team is built. And I I don't have a lot of faith in. I think UCLA is not a bad team this year, but I don't have a lot of faith in. Um, the, in their matchup against Washington State, especially considering what Oregon, I know you can't do this, but considering Oregon State just killed Utah and Washington State beat Oregon State and Utah beat UCLA. So I know that's a lot there, but I'll have to say Washington State is better than UCLA, and I think it's just a clear, obvious choice. Washington State is going to run through them. Wow, run through them. I think that's interesting. I, I respect that. I just think. This UCLA team is a very good football team, and at home, I, I know it's not they do they're not known for a good home uh, field advantage, but I think I think it's a tough still to go on the road and win a game in the Pac-12. So I don't know I don't I don't see run through them, but we'll see. It'll be a it's gonna be a good game nonetheless, and I I'm kind of starting to get uh, excited for Washington State's head coach Jake Dyker and kind of maybe thinking. He might be coming to East Lansing, and I'd kind of be happy with that because why would he want to stay at Washington State? Because they're going to be – who knows what conference they're in hey, next year. They so could get it. be a nice one. They're going to be in the pack too, and they could get an automatic bid still into the playoff, into the 12-team playoff. They're going to get rid of that. If they if, – if What, what a stands, finesse job. What a finesse job if they get that. Like, good for them to fight and stay there and like, all right, you guys can leave and we'll have an automatic bid. It's not staying. Oh, I really hope it is not staying because I think that would just I be, do. I think that would be the best thing ever. It would just, they just be get so killed funny. then when it gets to the playoffs. So it'll just be boring. I'd rather give that to, like, Tulane or a group of five team and then give it to – But think about how funny it would well, be. Yeah, be. I think funny. it's worth it for the laughs. Yeah, well – <laughs> it wouldn't be worth it if like one of our teams got left out because of that, right? That would not be fun. I would not. But it'd be, it'd be worth it. You Think okay. about if Ohio no. State or Michigan draws them in the first oh, round. Okay. That would be fun. I thought you were going to say. They just get to kill. I them. thought you were going to say it'd be okay if Michigan didn't make the playoff because of Washington State's automatic <laughs> bid. I, I'm telling you, if that was Ohio State or Michigan State, I'd be pissed. But okay, another game that I'm excited for at 1:30. This is the one I'll be watching at 1:30 or 3:30. Alabama goes on the road, Texas A&M. Basically a pick line. Alabama's a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. This is going to be a big game. This is how the SEC West is determined. We have Alabama. They win this game. They go 2-0 and or 3-0 and in the conference, and that's with playing probably two of the top, I'd say four teams in that SEC West in LSU and Ole Miss, or Texas A&M and Ole Miss. So 
I was impressed with their performance at Mississippi State. I don't think Mississippi State's good. You and I have mentioned how sad that is, how they just don't really use Will Rogers the way that Michael Leach used him. But I don't know, Cole. This is a big game. It's There's a lot riding on this game. It really comes down to can Jimbo Fisher win the big game because this game propels Texas A&M to a possible SEC championship game, something he has not done there. And there's a lot at stake for Jimbo Fisher at 3.30 on Saturday afternoon. I'd say way more than what Nick Saban feels, in my opinion. Yeah, it's this game is huge for both sides because there's definitely pressure for Alabama. You can't be have two losses. Alabama, when they've struggled in the past, they've struggled with um, being on the road. And Texas A&M has beat them at home before. They've struggled with Texas A&M in the past. I think that... When Texas A&M gets beat, and especially we saw it this year, is when they are challenged downfield. That's what Tyler Van Dyke and Miami did to them, that they were just throwing out down downfield, down the middle of the field, and just really cutting through them. Um, I don't know if Jalen Milrow and this Alabama receivers can do that to Texas A&M. I don't know if they can consistently. I, I know they can. Jalen Milrow can connect in a few big plays here and there, but I don't know if he can consistently just cut through uh, that Texas A&M defense, that secondary, and that's when Texas A&M has struggled. They haven't struggled with a solid run, with a solid run offense. So I think it's a bad matchup for Alabama. And like I said, they are typically haven't been good for big games on the road in the past few years. And so yeah, I'm gonna, I I think Texas A&M is gonna win this game. And I think this is when I'm gonna finally complete uh, my grave digging for Alabama and we can just put them to bed. I think we're going to have a little different opinions when we do our uh, recap on Saturday night because I think this is a good spot for Alabama because I don't think Texas A&M's offense is as good as like Texas's was. So, and they slowed down Ole Miss and we just saw what Ole Miss did against LSU. So I'm using your transitive property you used with uh, Washington State. So we could go and have a lot of fun with that. But Maybe you're going to pick them on uh, A-plus picks, and I'll pick the opposite side. and We'll go opposites on a game. We haven't done that before, but that, you got to stay tuned. For we that. haven't. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Stay we'll tuned see. for that. But I don't, I don't know his picks yet. He doesn't know my picks yet. We don't know each other's picks until we reveal them on the pod. So we'll, we'll see. We will see. So let's stay, in the East, or let's stay in the SEC, Cole. Georgia at home against Kentucky coming off just a domination of Florida. Great call on that. I want to give you the props for that. I think I agreed with you on it. I just wasn't as public about it. I bet on Kentucky outside and it was an easy win and a dominant performance from Kentucky. But this is their hardest game for sure for both teams. I Obviously Kentucky playing the number one team in the country, but definitely for Georgia, it's the hardest team that they have played, and like you said, they can't afford to start slow again. That's just the moral of the story. Georgia cannot start slow if they want to uh, have a very good chance to dominate this game because Kentucky's really good. Look, if this was a noon game, I'm betting Kentucky because Georgia fans, they got that winning kind of – they're they're not as they're not as excited. They're not they're arrogant. Yeah, they they don't really get into games as much now. They have that kind of hangover from all those uh, national championships. But they will show out for a night game at home, and I do think that's when Sanford Stadium is at its toughest. Is when uh, it's a night game at home, and I think this is going to be their big one. They have this one circled on their schedule. Um, everyone's kind of talking about how they're not as good, and uh, people are starting to doubt them. They're losing some of their first place votes. And I think that's kind of what Kirby Smart feeds off of. I, If it wasn't Kentucky, I feel like they always have these letdown spots when they're doing well in these seasons where they just they go play a really good team, uh, Alabama, a Georgia, and then they just get killed out of nowhere. I don't want to read in too much to their win last week either because I've pre- been pretty, pretty public about how bad I think Florida is. This just feels to me like a classic Kentucky letdown spot where they just can't move the ball at all and they just lose this game like 35-7. to 7. But it's like – but we. Is this the Georgia from the last two years? It doesn't look like it. So this is a game that I'm I'm going to stay away from because I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to have my past season uh, bias for Kentucky, and this night game is really holding me up. So I'm just going to stay away from this game, and I, I don't even have a pick. I think most likely Georgia's going to win this game, but yeah, we'll see. Fourteen and a half is. We're going to learn a lot about both teams. Agreed. Fourteen and a half is a weird line. I'm also staying away from this. No pick for me on this. I do think Georgia wins, but. 
I will say Kentucky does have a quarterback. Not that they they had Will Levis, but I'm not. I was never a Will Levis guy. I think Devin Leary is a better quarterback than Will Levis, but they do have a quarterback. So and he's playing a lot of big games. So going on the road should not intimidate him too much. But I agree. If this was a noon game, it'd be a lot different than a seven o'clock game in Athens. So the last game, also prime time, that I want to talk about. Notre Dame goes on the road to play Louisville. Their just gauntlet continues because this is three straight games against ranked teams, two of which have been on the road. And I think in two weeks, Notre Dame has U- or USC. So it's it's a lot of games. There are a lot of tough games for Notre Dame. I know I give them crap for not being in a conference, but they have played a pretty tough schedule here recently. And I almost wonder if that's going to catch up to them. Saturday night against a good Louisville team that's 5-0. and No secret that I have them over eight wins. If they win this game, I'm basically going to chalk it up as a win because that'd be 6-0, and and their ACC schedule is pretty weak going down the stretch. They do play Kentucky to end the year, but they avoid all the big teams in the ACC, so I would be very confident in that. But, Cole, do you think fatigue catches up to Notre Dame on Saturday night? No, I don't think so. I think this is a tested team that's just – built for this and, and ready for it um the way they they i think fatigue was more on the duke game after the ohio state game than it would be for this game i think they feel refreshed after that duke game just kind of that's like all right we've gotten through that that those first two games um they've been tested they've played, played on the road twice this year they played at nc state um and now they've played at duke in a tough environment at night so yeah i think they're going to be just fine i do think notre dame is just going to be a better team louisville is undefeated and they've looked good but they really haven't played much of a competition. And I know that's the main reason for for you taking the over and a lot of people taking the over on their win totals because of their competition, not necessarily because of how good we think their team is. Yeah, I think their defense is going to shut them down. I don't think Plummer's going to be able to really move the ball that much with them. Um, And I don't think they're going to run that well. And I think Notre Dame is just going to control the game. I think Audrey Gustame is going to be, they're just going to be able to extend drives, go on long drives. Sam Hartman won't make any mistakes. And, and yeah, I think that this is just a, a game that it's going to be a boring game that Notre Dame kind of controls the whole time. They're not going to win by, I don't think, a bunch of points, but it's never going to be in doubt who the better team is. And I think this is a a, a game where we, we realize that Louisville is just a solid, good ACC team that's going to beat the bottom half of the ACC, and that's pretty much all they're going to have to beat this year. I like that. I do. I was saying fatigue. Probably more what I meant was mental fatigue. That's three straight grueling games against really good opponents. And I do think Notre Dame is tested for that. Obviously their quarterback has played in a ton, a ton of college football games. So you can't, you don't have to worry about Sam Hartman, but you just wonder if they have a lot of inexperience on in receivers and night game, make big plays, just stuff like that. But I agree. I do think Notre Dame is the team that's going to win that. Yeah, I think there's different styles of play that I think teams are more susceptible to fatigue. And I think Notre Dame has a pretty consistent style of play with the way they run the ball with Audrey Gustame um, and the way their their defense is a really good defense and that travels. And I think that can uh, – just their style I think is – doesn't get affected by fatigue as much as maybe a team that uh, is winning a lot of high scoring games and, and that they they're I don't think that Notre Dame will be affected too much by it. Okay. Sounds good. Let's move to your Michigan Wolverines. They are on the road, 19 point favorites at Minnesota. I don't expect much from this game. Minnesota's bad. I've watched enough of their games. To me, you just watched the first game when they played Nebraska. That was just a really bad football game that they should have lost and Nebraska's horrible. So Cole, what I I'm not even asking you, what do you expect? Because I know you expect a domination and a dominating performance from Michigan, but anything you want to see, because you're a few weeks away from probably playing. Well, shoot, you're not really <laughs> a few weeks away from playing anybody. I just look at your schedule and you don't play. I'd say your only game I think is semi a test is Michigan State because it's a rivalry and I don't think the talent's even close there. So, what do you want to see from Michigan? Let's just say that do you want you want JJ to throw for three hundred yards or I'm just tell me something on Michigan and we can move on. Yeah, this the schedule's been a snooze. We have I've been saying all year we have a three game season. The last three games: Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. That's what it is. I, I want to see Roman Wilson continue to score touchdowns. I think he leads the country in touchdowns right now. He has, uh, I want to say, 
think it's seven touchdowns, uh, uh, receiving touchdowns. So I want JJ to keep slinging him the rock, and uh, I want him to get a lot more touchdowns and continue to go. Um, Blake Corum is also coming up on some records as far as Michigan running back uh, rushing yards in a career as, and as well as Michigan touchdowns in a career. So I want to see him um, continue to turn up. He's been looking really good lately. Um, he's starting to look like Corum from last year. So I want to see uh, Corum and Roman Wilson continue to eat, and I want to take care of the ball. And the main thing is I don't want to give up more than seven points again. I want to, I want to keep driving that uh, points allowed per game down. I want to keep just suffocating teams. Uh, we haven't allowed more than seven all year, so if we allow anything more than seven points, I'll be upset. I think Minnesota's bad. So. Well, hopefully the row of the boaters uh, and P.J. Fleck some, give somebody a game here, but I I don't see it happening. Now, a game that spread-wise is even bigger than Michigan, Ohio State plays at home at noon against Maryland, 20-point favorites. This game, though, I'm telling you, like, as an Ohio State fan, like, I think Ohio State is really, really good. I think they're one of the best teams in the country. This is going to be a tough game. I think Maryland is that sneaky team that Cole and I talked about before the season even started, that team that could push one of the top three teams. And 20 points is a lot. I think it's going to be a shootout for – I think Maryland's going to have to – can they match the amount of points Ohio State puts up? Because Maryland's defense hasn't really been that crazy good. I would say statistically they're not that bad, but they have not played – an offense like Ohio State. Ohio State comes off the bye, which I always worries me because you start slow because you've gone two weeks now without playing an actual game. And this is going to be a good football game. I hope this is an easy cover for Ohio State, but I think it's going to be a challenging one. And at the end of the day, it's not one that if they win by 14 points, I'm going to be upset because I think Maryland is really good. Like I think they can push the top three. Don't know if they can win a game, but they're going to be in those games, I think. Do you think Maryland wins one of Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State? So I think you asked me this at the beginning of the year, and I think I told you. I think I did. I think yeah. I told you no, but that was before watching and knowing that they get Michigan and Penn State at home. Not that that's a crazy home field advantage, but I think they do. I think I'm confident to say I think this is their least likely one because of it being a road game, and I do value going on the road and playing a game like that. I don't think it's Michigan. I think it would be Penn State because I think you guys, how you match up with them is not good for Maryland. But I think Penn State, they could give some problems too. Yeah, it really depends in all three of those games, but especially for this upcoming one. If Maryland can be competitive or not, it depends on can Talia take care of the ball because he has times to be where he gets wild, throws bad interception, tries to do too much. Um, and that can really just kill that team, especially with the defense like that. They need to be more, they need to be matching drives more because their defense isn't good enough. And I think Ohio State does have a really good defense. So, but 20, that's a lot of points, that's especially for a team that is 5 and 0, I think 5 and 0 or 4 and 0, with they are the number 26 team. They are the, the team that has the top receiving votes outside the top 25. They're knocking on the door. Um, and yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. It's gonna it's this game. I think will be. If I wasn't even looking at the spread, the spread makes me feel a little weird about it. But I thought I think this is definitely a game to watch, uh, and it'll be a fun one. Just because what is Maryland? They're my they're my sleeper team. They're not supposed to win this game, but it's it's a good test. Yeah, it'll be the second game this year. I'll actually be able to watch from start to finish for Ohio State. So looking forward to that. Michigan State's on a bye, so we're not. We won't even spend time there. They won. Good win for Michigan State on the bye here. That's good, it's good news after a just choke job. Iowa is so bad. That's another reason why I kind of moved down Penn State is because I don't feel as like that win against Iowa doesn't look as good. Yeah, they're not good. Um, Iowa's bad. Nope, they're not good at all. So let's get into our final segment of the podcast, A-plus picks of the week. I come into the week 11 and 11, 500, coming off a two and three week. Cole comes into the pot or comes into week six, 10 and 12, coming off a three and two week. Let's let's just let's go five and oh. Last week I started two and oh and felt really good and was like, hey, this is gonna be a good week. And then LSU screwed me, and then a bunch of other things happened. So Cole, start me off. Who's your first pick of the week? Yeah, we're gonna stay with what we were just talking about. I'm pulling a U and I'm picking Maryland. I think uh plus 19 and a half is what I got them at. I just I think that's too many points. I do think Ohio State's gonna win this game. I think uh, they're not 
with with Ohio State being at home and the way their defense is, uh, Ohio State's going to win this game. But I do think 19.5 points is a lot, especially considering that their offense is good, but it's not Ohio State isn't great. Um, so I don't know if they're going to be able to score that many points to where I think I think I can guarantee Maryland scores at least 14. So is Ohio State going to score more than 20, more, more than uh, 34 points? I think they could, but I'm going to bet on, on no. So. Yes, yeah, so it's a one that I hope Ohio State coming off the bye week kind of figured some extra wrinkles on offense out and can put up some points. So my first pick is going to be Kansas minus two and a half at home against UCF. So Jalen Daniels is probably out for this game, um, and that is – that's why this line is two and a half. But Jason Bean, their backup, has played a ton of college football games, and he's had to play when Jalen Daniels doesn't play. So I am going to take Kansas at home because I think that fan base, they're a great fan base, especially for they're amazing for basketball, but they've really come on with football, and I think they are inspired and win a, a Big 12 game at home. So I got Kansas minus two and a half. Yeah, and, and UCF had... They allowed a demoralizing comeback from Baylor last week, but they were they were beating them by a very wide margin. I don't remember exactly what it was, but Baylor just marched back in that fourth quarter. I think they scored like twenty six in the fourth quarter and ended up winning that game. So I mean, UCF is going to be down bad heading into this. So I think it's a good pick. My next pick is Rutgers plus thirteen at Wisconsin. I don't think Wisconsin is as good as people think, and I think Rutgers is better than people think. Thirteen points is a lot of points. I watched Rutgers against Michigan. Um, they're not bad, and um, I, yeah, give me give me the thirteen points. I don't know if Rutgers is going to win this game, but I also don't think Wisconsin's as good as some people think they are. So give me give me Rutgers plus thirteen. So this pick's going to make you laugh because we just destroyed them, and I'm taking Iowa minus one and a half at home against Purdue. I just I that line is just weird. I don't think Purdue's good. They did just dominate Illinois, but I do think Iowa's defense is still pretty good and. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. I'm not going to do much explanation on this. But I got Iowa. Iowa minus one and a half. I. Uh, I am just kind of going to tend this year to stay away from the sewage that is the Big Ten West because I don't. It, it's always a question of which team is going to play worse. It's not a matter of which team's going to play better. It's which which team is going to look uglier. Um. So I just like. I don't even want to st- stay with those games. So. I wouldn't be surprised if you won, and I wouldn't be surprised if you were wrong. So I'm just staying away. But uh, my next one, Texas A&M, plus one and a half. Yeah, I think we're going to have a little bit of a fight here. But I'm, I think Texas A&M is it's a bad uh, Alabama's offense versus Texas A&M's defense. I think it's a bad matchup. I think Texas A&M will be able to score points on that Alabama defense, even though you don't. And uh, the name of the game is which team's going to score more points, and I think it's Texas A&M. So – I would almost take it money line, but I, I only take spreads on this. So Texas A&M plus one and a half. Well, I wasn't going to pick it, but I'm going to pick it now. So we'll just do it right now. I got Alabama on the opposite side of that spread. Alabama minus one and a half. This is the game where they prove to Cole that they are not dead and they are the favorite to win the SEC West. So this will be fun. I'm excited for this. Yep. We got a little fight. I love it. All right. Go Flashes. Give me Kent State plus 25 and a half at Iowa or at Ohio. Sorry. I don't think Ohio is very good. Kent State is really bad, but 25 and a half points is so many points, especially for a mat game. Um, some sometimes these games they don't even score more than 25 and a half points in them. So I, I don't. I think that's a, just way too big of a spread. Kent isn't quite as bad as uh, maybe we thought they were. They're still really bad, but for a mat inner mat game. I, I think 25 and a half points is too much. So give me Kent State plus 25 and a half. Shout out Reagan, Cole's girlfriend for the uh, the Kent State alumni there with the good pick. I like that, Cole. So I'm going to go I'm going to go with uh Coach Prime on the road in your background or, or your uh, back door. Are you going to that game? Colorado Arizona State? Uh, I was out we were I was looking in preseason about going to it. Uh we could still maybe last minute get tickets, but there's just so many good games on um that day that i might rather just stay at home and watch it and and not watch arizona state for their nasty football program that they are yep so i'm gonna go colorado minus four and a half so maybe if you go you can root me on if you don't well you don't so what's your last pick of the week so yeah we just got in a little bit of a fight with texas a&m and alabama now let's let's join hands and come together give me colorado minus four and a half at arizona state when in doubt, bet against the Sun Devils. I like that. We are 
I think we're definitely 1-0. We might have faded. I faded them again with Fresno State, so I'm 2-0, I think, betting against Arizona State. So let's just let's just keep it going and just, yeah, screw them. So my final pick, UCLA minus 3.5, kind of going against your Washington State uh, pick. I wish this was a, a three-point spread because I could see this being a field goal game. I just think this is a Dante Moore coming out party at home against a really good Washington State team. I just I'm gonna pick the home team in this, so give me U or UCLA minus three and a half. Yeah, that'll be I I, I will. This isn't that's not a lock of mine, but if I if I I've, I haven't decided if I'm gonna bet on it yet, but I'm thinking I'm gonna take Washington State if I do bet on it. I mean, they're gonna you're gonna go into the game watching for Dante Moore to have a coming out party. You're gonna come out of it seeing Cameron Ward. Uh, at the top of the Heisman rankings, so it'll be a fun one. Maybe not the top of the Heisman rankings, but he'll be up there. And I mean, they're they're the number thirteen team in the country right now. They're and that they're people probably think I'm crazy for having them nine, but that's only four four spots away from uh, what the AP poll says. So yeah, I think Washington State's a really good team, and that's the number thirteen team in the country, and they're well coached. Um, I don't think they're going to be phased by this road game. Yeah, well they. They have a lot of expectations, so they'll they'll prove them or they will not prove them on the road against UCLA. So this will wrap up our week six preview episode. Crazy to think it's been six weeks of the college football seven, if you count the week zero of the college football season. Uh, we are going to try and get a little bit more active on Twitter. We just want people to know that. So stay tuned to the Twitter feed at a degree in sports on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. We're definitely going to have a little pull-up for Alabama, Texas A&M. Who are you guys back in here, me or Cole? Because that's the first time we've had a pick like that. So, Cole, any final thoughts? Yeah, like you said, we're, we're officially in October. This is football. It's, it's pure football. You're going to get in the 50s if you're listening over there in the Midwest. And, man, there's a lot of just – if you look at the slate this week, we're fully in the conference matchups. They just look like classic college football games. Um, nothing better than a Red River rivalry. Just do really dive into the fall this week and maybe go to a pumpkin patch Saturday morning before the games, get some good football food, have some friends over, watch the games, just really fully immerse yourself in fall and football. Maybe light a pumpkin spice candle and, and just, just really dive into it this week and enjoy it. Cause right around the corner, it's just going to be winter again. You don't want to miss out on the beautiful fall, fall season. I love it. Fall vibes and positive vibes only. And we will see you next week on A Degree in Sports.